Well, welcome, Pastor Mina. It's great to have you into the Great Conversations podcast. Thanks for the invite. No problem. Well, um, this is your first time on the show. People are going to be tuning in and they're going to want to know, well, who's Pastor Mina? So why don't you give us some background on yourself, how you came to be a, a lead pastor? And uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Um, I grew up in the, in the Netherlands mm. in a Reformed pastor's family. Right. And at the age of 15, uh, my father got a call to come to Canada. So uh, I had no choice but to come with him <laughs> right? and, and the family, of course. And um, that's how we ended up in Canada. In Canada, uh, I followed the passions of my, uh, my heart and uh, interests uh, in terms of my yeah, intellect or intellectual stimulation. Right. And those were from, the, from a, an early uh, time of and in my life, uh, primarily theology and and philosophy. No need. And so, uh, so you were you felt yeah. like you were called to ministry from a very young age. Well, then? well, yeah, called. It was confirmed mm-hmm. uh, in a later stage. In, in in a way, as we as the reformed, you know, uh, ask you to present yourself to the consistory, the local consistory. Then right. you, you explain that desire and, and sense of call, mm-hmm. and then they approve it or not. Right, and then you become uh, a student or under care of classes, local classes. Mm-hmm. And that happened uh, to me as well right. in that way. That's neat. Yeah. So your dad was a pastor. Uh, yeah. You became a pastor. And you also became a church planter. Yes. Right? Yes. So but I think uh, we're skipping ahead a little bit okay. because I didn't become immediately uh, uh, a student for the ministry. Okay. I first pursued the uh, the line of philosophy. So I did a bachelor's in Religious Studies and Philosophy at the University of Waterloo. Right. I also finished a uh, Master's of Theological Studies at Condor Grable College, mm-hmm. also also in Waterloo. Mm-hmm. And that prepared me to spend a year also in um, a more Reformed seminary uh, right. uh, context in the United States. Uh, so we moved to the United States for a year. Uh, where I followed uh, theological studies uh, for and to obtain a, a Master of Divinity. Right. And it was at that time that I became a student under care. And uh, then after a year, we moved back and became a, a pastor. Hmm. Uh, what part a of Canada were you in? With me. What part of Canada were you in? Um, we You came back to? In, uh, Whitby. Whitby. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So you studied philosophy, you know, uh, I love philosophy actually, yeah, sure. but in talking to a lot of Christians, sometimes they, I don't know, they think philosophy might just be a little bit off from, you know, okay, there's Bible and there's philosophy. Is that is that like a worldly thing? How do you how do you integrate the study of philosophy, obviously, into your Christian worldview? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, uh, it's a fundamental question. Mm. Um, in the providence of God, I, I grew up in a, conservative reformed uh, context mm-hmm. went to a conservative reformed uh, christian school and so that prepared me and that uh, embedded as you as 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 it were within my thoughts and my hearts mm-hmm. in my heart for, first and foremost uh, a, a sense of a a christian life and worldview uh, rooted in, in in the scriptures right um so that's how i began my studies in, in, in philosophy. Mm-hmm. And um, at bottom, 
the questions in philosophy, uh, the fundamental questions that we seek to answer in philosophy are not different than the ones that we also seek to answer through the study of scriptures and, right. and, and theology. Uh, what, what, is, what is real? What, yeah. is, what, what is real? What Epistemology, is, yeah. how, how can you know what you know? And exactly. the big questions in life, where do we come from? What's yes. the meaning of life? What happens when you die? Exactly. <laughs> All exactly. those things that most... Yeah. Intelligent people would think about at a certain and point. And what in do life. you do? Yeah, uh, about uh, all of that in terms right. of an ethical, uh, you know, walk of life. Yeah, as well. So, of course, yeah. the answers in Genesis ministry. We were very presuppositional in our yeah. approach to presenting evidences to people. I think sometimes people misunderstand the ministry because you know we talk a lot about rocks and fossils and you know those earthly things, um, mm-hmm. how they relate to the heavenly things, like Jesus talked about to Nicodemus. Um, but when they see us presenting something like on dinosaurs, they think, oh, maybe you guys are evidentialists. Mm. But we actually use evidences to convince people of presuppositional apologetics. Yeah. Is, is, can you tell, tell us about your approach? Is that a similar approach to the way you would handle these things? Well, it was evident as soon as uh, I got into the study of philosophy that I, that I yes, I had a background in Reformed uh, teaching mm-hmm. and, and living, as it were. But I needed to um, delve deeper into uh, a way of how to understand and answer these questions from a apologetic uh, point of view, from mm-hmm. a Reformed apologetic point of view. And so it happened that my father had a whole uh, row of uh, books uh, of Cornelius van Til in his, uh, right. in his study. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if he ever... Uh, cracked them open or not. Van Til, oh yeah. Uh, Van but, uh, well, if he did, but I, I said, can I have them? Right. Because, and that became my uh, point of reference right. as to how to bounce off the self-same questions mm-hmm. in which, which we uh, dealt with in the history of philosophy right. uh, and, 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 and look at them through a grid of uh, a presuppositional apologetic or what some people would call a, a covenantal uh, apologetic uh, uh, approach. Right. Yeah. So that's how I, um, yeah, in a sense, taught myself to and ask God to guide me and lead me. Right. As I, you know, was in a secular institution. Right. Uh, there were no <laughs> reformed <laughs> professors that right. were teaching me <laughs> philosophy. So, yeah, yeah that's how I. Uh, became convinced of that uh, right. approach. Yeah. So then you, okay, so you got your degree, you came back to Canada, you were in Whitby, and did you go into a pastorate directly from there? Or? So I, I went, uh, in between I went to the United States, mm-hmm. so I took some courses at Western Theological Seminary, yep. and I went back to Whitby because um, there was a position open for a student pastor, okay. uh, for primarily for the summer. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's what we did. We moved back to, to Whitby, and when that was over, at the end of that period in Whitby, um, I began to pursue a PhD okay. as well uh, it, at the Toronto School of Theology. Mm-hmm. So I used to take the, uh, the, the, the GO train uh, <laughs> back and forth. Right. And then we moved back to Woodstock and uh, yeah, I studied uh, to obtain a PhD in, in, in theology as oh, well. Fantastic. But you later went on to be a church planter. Did you start doing that while you were still in Whitby, or how did that journey go? Yes, that's a good um, – of course, that's a good question, but because my, my trajectory into 
the uh, local ministry right. uh, was more via um, uh, and after first having become a, a teacher and a professor. Right. So um, after a few years of study at the Toronto School of Theology, mm-hmm. I was called upon to um, teach systematic theology in Farrell, which is a Reformed Theological Seminary in Quebec. Right. And that's how uh, I felt, we felt called to go to Quebec and, right. and start uh, teaching there uh, systematic theology. Well, I yeah. mean, Quebec is a, you know, it, it's it's probably the, the roughest of the, the provinces here in Canada in terms of like evangelical Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of like the, the missionary graveyard of Canada. <laughs> so you were called to a very, very, yes. um, you know, stony ground. We'll, we'll say it as far as the, um, yes. you know, the parable of the sower goes yes. Yes. <laughs> in yes. Canada. Yes. And so you were actually brought on as a professor, yes. systematic theology. Yes. How did you find um, that uh, that went? Did you, did you have a, a, a large it was, group? It was, again, it was uh, for me a privilege and a pleasure mm-hmm. uh, to be able to actually teach what I have been uh, studying for and been training for all right. this time. And so when that call came, um, and I actually went to Quebec to preach in a local congregation, and I, I really asked the Lord, show me. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, is this the way for us and, and for, for me as a as a, as a, as a, as a student pastor and so on? Uh, and that was confirmed. Uh, specifically from the book of Ruth, uh, where the Lord uh, really showed uh, and and pressed it upon my heart that he had visited his people again by giving them bread Mm. uh, in the house of bread in Bethlehem. Mm. And uh, that really opened my heart uh, also. And um, as the door was already opened, uh, you know, it was in a providential way that we then moved and could teach in in that self same context. Right. So after uh, a year or two, I also became a a pastor in uh, in Quebec. Okay, uh, so you're pastoring church. and you're you're a professor. That's right. I first was a professor, but then uh, I became a pastor and of a, mm-hmm. uh, a church uh, plant. But yeah. were you also not a dean of the of the college? For- well, I mean, this is. Uh, uh, the history continues after some mm-hmm. years at, yeah. at Farrell. Uh, I was called upon to start teaching in the, uh, at the faculty, Faculté de Théologie Évangélique, mm-hmm. which is another uh, e- uh, evangelical faculty. Okay. And um, that was around the year 2009 when I just had just finished my, my PhD studies. Right. And that's uh, where I uh, taught for, for a long time. Yeah. And finished as a dean of uh, academic dean, right? Um, the last five years of my uh, teaching there, and you were teaching systematic theology, yeah. apologetics, and ethics, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. And um, to maybe get back to your 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 question uh, more specifically about uh, uh, presuppositional approach mm-hmm. and, and and Genesis, yeah. Um, uh, studying philosophy, studying theology, uh, studying systematic theology, preparing your courses yeah. uh, of, to teach apologetics. Right. Uh, and you know that probably personally as mm-hmm. you are a teacher. Yeah. Uh, when you have to teach, you learn even more 
then applied teaching is when you learn the most. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. So when you sit in the in in the you know in the, in the bench as a student, uh, you think you you know uh, begin to know a lot, but right. it, it it really uh, sinks in when you have to prepare for courses. Absolutely. And um, in that process, uh, of course, we uh, you are confronted with the questions that. Mm-hmm. Um, are so uh, predominantly uh, uh, omnipresent uh, around us in, in our context in, in terms of the theory of uh, evolution mm-hmm. um, and uh, what kind of re- re- response uh, do we have as, as Christian right. as, uh, to that? Because there's lots of approaches that Christians have responded to the story of evolution exactly. with. Exactly. And... Um, and when I delve uh, deeper into the, the repercussions of the, uh, as a general theory of the of, of the theory of evolution, in terms of a reading of Genesis, it became very very clear to me that on all fronts, uh, it, it first of all erodes the authority of scriptures, mm-hmm. and it uh, completely undermines the, the story of of scriptures. That is the creation, fall. Redemption and, and consummation That's story right. of of the scriptures, mm-hmm. um, and so it it, it 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 as it were pulls the rug out from underneath, uh, you know, a, a Christian uh, faith uh, right. founded in a what I believe is the best approach, a, um, a prima facie literal historical and therefore also spiritual understanding of of the scriptures right you so obviously you recognize that you know it's not just one area of scripture i mean you know if you were to discover what we could know about creation if you know if you just took the the body of the new testament Hmm. you'd know that god created you'd know that uh, he created from one man came every nation of Hmm. uh, right you'd know that there was a global flood you'd know that eight people survived i mean there's so much interconnectivity that i think a lot of times when christians just go wow maybe god used evolution or Mm -hmm. maybe we can add the millions of years but you were able to quickly see wait a sec if this therefore this Mm -hmm. and that really it actually comes down to in my opinion it it undermines the the gospel message Mm -hmm. which is the yeah. is the primary reason why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> if this was just yeah. a science uh, argument, I'm probably out. I'm not a scientist. I'm sure. not a PhD. I work with many scientists. They're brilliant sure. people. But for me, it's uh, it's the gospel impact. Yes. Because for me, um, I never you – know, I, I cut my teeth on apologetics when I was asked by my pastor at the church I was attending, the uh, a church in Guelph at the time. Mm-hmm. And – he said, why don't you do a small group Bible study at the University of Guelph? Because we had many students coming to our church. And of course, they were getting pounded pretty hard in the mm-hmm. university. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I did that for five years. And so for five years, I would sit with these groups of you know students in university. Mm-hmm. And typically, their questions could be categorized after five years down into three things. One was kind of like gray areas for Christians. You know, could I... Can I go see this type of movie and still be a Christian? Or can I take a swig and still be, you know, those mm-hmm, kind of things? Mm-hmm. Uh, second category was missionary dating, which the answer was no. <laughs> you can't missionary date. Mm-hmm. And the third thing was always apologetics. It yeah. was always how do you trust the Bible and the authority mm-hmm. of scripture? And what about dinosaurs and, you know, carbon dating and mm-hmm. all these types of things? And so it was a very practical training ground, you yeah. could say, where I had just questions being, you know, 
bounced off me all the time and I had to go mm-hmm. get answers for these young people because sure. I felt obligated to do so. So, yeah. yeah. So in a sense, I was in a similar position mm-hmm. at, a, at a, presumably a, a bit of a different level. But as right. a pastor, you still have to communicate Absolutely. the truth uh, to people uh, all around. Mm-hmm. And and so to, to back up a little bit, so um, as I was already formed and, and, and reformed, if you will, yep. by uh, a covenantal uh, apologetics uh, rooted in the presuppositional tradition, yep. um, I uh, understood fundamentally that your point of departure will also uh, determine your, your point of, of your final point. Arrival. Arrival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and so it, it, it's a, it's a, it has to be, and it is, a, a an ought to be a coherent and uh, consistent right. uh, understanding of scripture mm-hmm. that that founds our uh, faith and practice absolutely and uh, in that context I, I came across uh, the book what is creation science mm-hmm. from Henry Morris right. and Jerry uh, Packer yeah and that for me just actually confirmed the same. Right, uh, because they and we can go into many details there, but because they they proposed uh, an approach that was, uh, I would say, more indirect than direct. And what I mean by that is, they said, so what is the right um, understanding of what when we look merely at at the facts right. as they are and as they present themselves uh, as scientists mm-hmm. uh, what what is the uh, the the right answer uh, to this is it the one that we learn from the theory of evolution or is it the one that we get from scriptures yeah what's the correct interpretation yes. of the facts because yeah, everybody's exactly. looking at the exact same facts you yes. know i'll say this i, I just did a conference on the weekend and you know yeah. i told the audience there isn't an a fact that a creationist and an evolutionist observe that we don't agree with exactly everybody's looking at the same facts exactly but then you have to sort out okay and what is your starting point as you said yeah. that do you start with the word of god or do you start with the fallible interpretations exactly. of man and where exactly. you arrive is dependent on your starting point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I was uh, uh, privileged and graced uh, uh, to, to discover mm-hmm. through uh, these, uh, you know, authors, right. and that solidified uh, uh, an understanding of uh, scripture. And that's what I also taught, right, uh, to my students. Well, that's from great. That point so on. you're able to point your students to resources as well. When did you discover the answers in Genesis ministry on your on your journey? There we could say. Well, um, that's moving really quickly into the into the the, the present. Mm-hmm. If I, if I may, just sure, uh, yeah. go back to one of your other questions because yep. I think that's uh, uh, fundamental, yep. uh, and that's the question of uh, salvation. Mm. So yes, God creation, uh, uh, but how's that related to precisely uh, how shall how shall we be saved right. and and live mm-hmm. uh, accordingly, and um, you are very uh, on the point as you when you said if you don't uh, assume and believe that Adam uh, was a historical figure and that he was the head of the human race mm-hmm. as such, uh, well then you may as well scrap. Romans 5 out of your Bible, because Paul is very clear that 
it's Christ who is the, as we call it, the second Adam, mm-hmm. who, who recapitulated uh, the steps that Adam, of course, uh, was unfaithful in yeah. and brought us where we are now. Yeah, and there's, there's only one, one way back. Uh, and like C.S. Lewis says, Adam got us into this mess. There's only Adam, and that's Christ that the can last get Adam, us out. The first Adam and the yes. last Adam have to be historically yes. accurate, right? Yes. Romans 5.12, through one man sin came into the world, and death yeah. through sin, and so desperate to all men because all have sinned. And exactly. you, you just see it toggling back and forth. Paul just hammers this point. Mm. You know, one man's transgression, one man's, you know, sacrifice. It's just, it's so embedded, but... Um, yeah. You know, in in a lot of superficial Christianity, what you'll just see is people say, well, the gospel just is, well, Jesus saves. It's like that. that's a very superficial way of describing what, what does he save us from? Right. Well, sin. Well, right. where did sin come from? Exactly. Well, Adam, the first man. Yes. And we were all in Adam when he fell. We're yes. part of the corrupt seed. It's, yes. a, it's so embedded, but it's become very, very, very shallow as soon as you discard Genesis yeah. as non-literal. And, and that also undergirds the point that – the fall, if it's not taken literal, out of a situation where we were primarily in righteousness, in wisdom, in holiness, in mm-hmm. in, in life. Uh, he was the light and the life of man, uh, the word of God. If we, if we uh, say that we don't believe in that, mm-hmm. um, then you have to presume, and we talked about it in the past, that uh, the fall is your starting point. Mm. Death is your starting point. And there is a whole uh, other discussion that we could have as uh, well, what, the, what the consequences of that uh, are. Yeah, because as soon as you assume, you know, the, the bedrock of the evolutionary story is deep time. Hmm. You can't have evolution without deep time because evolution can't take place quickly. That's called creation. So, you know, as soon as the, the church accepted concepts like deep time and they said, well, where do we put it? They had mm. to put it in the six days of creation because you couldn't put it after Adam and Eve come in mm. because then for the chronology there. But as soon as you put deep time in the six days of creation, you say that what's in the rock layers, because that was the primary yeah. uh, evidence for mm. deep time in the, the secularist mind, what's in the rock layers is fossils. Fossils are dead things. And then you've got death before Adam sins, exactly. but the wages of sin is death. Exactly. And then, I mean, you would know, you're teaching apologetics. Yeah. The number one philosophical question or, or objection to the Christian faith, everybody knows it. If you've got such a loving God, how come there's so much mm. death mm. and pain and mm. suffering in the world? Mm-hmm. Well, as soon as you say God used pain, su- death, and suffering to create, called it very good, yeah. then after that Adam sins, how can you have the effects of sin mm. before Adam sinned? Exactly. It, it just it, it – just, becomes a silly tale. And another uh, uh, point, Calvin, is that how can you hold people responsible? Mm-hmm. If, if they are born uh, and if it all began with death incorporated, right. then uh, the, the sequence the Bible teaches us about sin and death mm-hmm. uh, is flipped. Uh, <laughs> on its head. On its head. <laughs> and ultimately, you cannot held, hold people responsible before the law of God. Right. Uh, which teaches us that we are sinners, Mm -hmm. that we have fallen short and do fall short of the glory of God. So the whole sequence of repentance and faith uh, also uh, is moved off the scene. And of course, that's nice for human beings because then they can do what they want and are not held responsible. 
Well, it, or will it, not be. I, I, I often say to people, you know, the whole story of evolution teaches people there is no judgment because exactly. it's a replacement theology, which means there is no God. There's no creator. Yeah. Everything just made itself, and then you're not responsible exactly. to anybody, which yeah. means you're not guilty. There's no law, et cetera. And yeah. even for the Christians who are trying to, you know, just like, well, let's not think about this. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously, you're a deep thinker, you're a professor, et cetera. But we need to equip the average Christian who yeah. perhaps doesn't have mm-hmm. as much knowledge or information as you have. And, you know, they're just saying, well, you know, I, I trust in Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm just, you know, kind of banking on on a future when there's going to be a new heavens, a new earth, a consummation, like you said. But if if the future is supposed to be like the beginning, because in the beginning there's no death, no mm-hmm. sin, no, mm-hmm. no corruption, nothing like that. And, and we're looking forward to it time like that. If we're looking for a time in the future that was like the beginning, but the beginning was de- full of death, sin, and Mm-mm. pain, how are we even going to know? It's not a hopeful future at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, very, very critical. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could talk uh, a lot more about that. Just as, just one more point sure. uh, as, uh, as we are on the topic. Studying modern theology, mm-hmm. for example, uh, and one of the major theologians that I had to study was Jürgen Moltmann. Mm-hmm. Uh, theologian of hope. But the main, again, the main point, and, and point of criticism that I also have uh, about his theology is that uh, he starts with death. Um, and therefore, the law does not have its um, force in his theology. Right. Christ is an answer to to death. Mm-hmm. Both, both spiritual and physical death. Both. Yes, but Christ is, is is first and foremost an answer to our sins. Right. Which have caused us to be in death, in mm-hmm. spiritual death. Yep. And once you eliminate that, uh, it, it again becomes very, very uh, problematic. Right. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing, you know, I'll point out to people that it, it wasn't, I mean, obviously spiritual death is, is the most important thing, yeah. but it was, you know, God said, you eat of the atom from the dust you came from, the dust you'll yeah. return, Adam. It's yeah. interesting that the Hebrew, you know, it says the day you eat of the fruit, dying, you will die. Mm. That's an interesting phrase, die, die yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, Hebrew, yeah. right? Dying, you will die, Adam. Mm. So you'll begin to die, your physical body will die. Yeah. And you start that journey, and eventually you will physically collapse. But spiritual mm-hmm. death happened immediately. Yeah. And that passed on to, you know, because we're looking forward to a time when there will be no death. Amen. Death was an intrusion, yes. right? The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So right. it wasn't natural. No. It was an intrusion onto this yeah. world. And the scriptures replete with these these verses that point to these things. And so for the Christian who has accepted the, the evolutionary story or even just the millions of years, you have to put Band-Aids all over the scripture to try to you know shuffle around that stuff. Whereas if you just take it as plainly written, yeah. the only contradiction is with the story of evolution, not with the word of God. No, 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 for sure. And Christ, because ultimately it's about Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Um, in that context, he is and cannot be understood as the only Savior and as our complete Savior. Mm. And and that's uh, denying of the person and work of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So your journey went to the point where you were actually the dean of uh, – of this college, yeah, and you did that what for four years, five, five, yeah, awesome, yeah, great, yeah. Altogether, our uh, 
stay in Quebec, ministering Quebec, mm-hmm. was for over 18 years. Wow. Yes. Well, that's good. And yeah. you saw, presumably you saw a lot of good fruit come from that. And was the church planting part of that time of your life? What was that? It was always part and partial. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So preaching, you, teaching. You were raising up students, and then was that part of the planting process as well? The leading. As you were part of a local church, yeah. uh, I taught courses at the, at the local level as well mm-hmm. uh, in the local church. Uh, so yeah, ministry at the universal uh, university level, sorry, and ministry at the local level were always uh, combined. Right. Uh, right. Yeah, in that sense, and I believe that's that's how it ought to be personally. Yeah. Let me go back to my question there. Sure. So how did you first get introduced to the Answers in Genesis ministry? Obviously, uh, Institute for Creation Research, mm-hmm. which was the first book you read by Morris, right? That right. would be part of that organization, fantastic organization. We we carry many of their resources because right. they're just, just incredible. Right. But uh, yeah, how did you first hear about Answers in Genesis? Well, when I felt called to come, to, uh, come back to where I – uh, immigrated to mm-hmm. in 1989, which is this area, which is Woodstock. Uh, um, we and as as a committee uh, felt called by the Lord to start a evangelism uh, in the Woodstock area. Right. First, we looked in Woodstock. Then the Lord really directed us to Ingersoll, where. Right. The building in which we are sitting now yep. was available yep. at that time, and um, again, that's the context. Um, we really f- were convinced that it was the place that 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 uh, was where we ought to begin ministry. Right now, it was a uh, humanly speaking an uphill battle because right. it had been on the market, and it was. It's a huge building, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, was a, a lot of money. Uh, right. But we really felt that uh, it, it was the way uh, towards and into the future for for the ministry into which God uh, called us and is calling us still. So it was a, a step of faith, right? Uh, and uh, since then, the Lord has really provided mm. uh, amazingly uh, through uh, businesses. That have contributed, right? Uh, not not only financially, but uh, you know, on the ground help, doing upgrades, uh, electrical, wire, all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's a transformation that's happening all around us every Renovations, day. Renovations, everything. Yeah. Yes, and and so we're really seeing the Lord at work in mm-hmm. in these ways, and in that context. Um, and and Kelvin, you can speak more to that than I can. Yeah. But you happen to, I think, walk past the the sign in front of the church, <laughs> and my name. And we're talking humanly, but yeah. happened to be on the sign, including my telephone <laughs> yeah. number. Yeah. And uh, but in hindsight, you and I know that there are no happenstances, <laughs> coincidences. <laughs> there are no <laughs> coincidences. So you you ha- you called me. Yeah, that's right. And. Uh, I'm looking for a space yeah. for my ministry. Uh, yeah. And I said, well, we have a meeting coming up uh, on Wednesday. I don't know when you called me exactly. Mm-hmm. I said, why don't you come and uh, you know present uh, yeah. your ministry to us, and maybe we can materialize that. And from that point on, that was my first contact with, with you, yeah. and my contact with you brought about also the contact with uh, Answers in, 
in Genesis as you are the director yeah. uh, of, 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 of Canada. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was an interesting uh, journey because I actually toured this building. When the Answers in Genesis ministry first started five years ago, um, we were looking for some space and I, I came, I toured it with a, with a realtor. I mean, it's just a sprawling, mm. huge space and mm. a beautiful old cathedral, just mm. gorgeous. Of course, the ministry was quite young and they, they wanted a significant amount for it. Mm. And then it got sold to a secular group and they wanted to put like a microbrewery and shops and all sorts of stuff. But they they did some renovations, correct, to the, to the building. And then of course, the whole COVID debacle happened. And so you guys inherited this because they put it up on the market. I think they probably needed to get get rid of it Mm because they just didn't think they were going to get the return back. So the Lord knew what was going to (laughs) happen, prepared that for you folks. And then, yeah, we really needed studio space. Mm. I mean, the past two years, I've done hardly any speaking, and that's usually what I would do. I'd just be at churches all over Canada. So we started doing a ton of video production, and we got to the point where, you know, we're setting up, we're tearing down, setting up, tearing down. We're just taking all this time to do so, and I was like, we need a studio. So when I saw that this was up for sale again, I thought I'd inquire, but you guys had already purchased it. And then uh, I contacted you and it came down. And so here we are sitting in the new Answers in Genesis Media Center yes. right here at Oxford Square. Mm-hmm. But uh, you've got Oxford Church and you've got Oxford Square. Mm-hmm. So how did you, you know, because I, I was very surprised in a sense that when I phoned you, immediately you knew of the ministry mm-hmm. and you, you must have thought, somewhat highly of the ministry to have me come down right away. How did you, how was your previous introduction to Answers in Genesis just as far as the ministry goes, not me personally or anything like that, but had you used some of our uh, resources or, or I think like the uh, main point of contact uh, was the uh, Noah's Ark. Uh, uh, the Ark Encounter? Yeah. The Ark Encounter yeah. in the United States. Right. Uh, some of our community uh the children in our Christian school right. uh, had gone there. Okay. Uh, and some of my friends had also right. gone there. Uh, so that that's was the okay. uh, you know, that's it, how initial you point of con- contact. Right. Although I didn't really put the names and the faces right. to it until I, I, I met you. Right. So that's sort of solidified the connection. Right. You knew and of the also, ministry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And also... Um, even then, already I was I was convinced of of of, of that approach mm-hmm. as I explained. Yeah, and so uh, us coming together in this way was for me also having been part of the committee, the search committee. Where shall we have our ministry? Right, and from the get go, our our desire was that we would not only have a building uh, for a sanctuary. Right for a local church, mm-hmm. but that these buildings could serve uh, the community, uh, and that's why we put a lot of emphasis on doing renovations, so right. that it would be prepared for potential uh, uh, people that could use it and rent it. Right. And when you came on the scene uh, in the providence of God for yep. us, and I can tell you this from a personal uh, point of view and perspective, was a confirmation. Right. Uh, that it was the right thing to do and mm-hmm. it was the right thing that we had done and, and that we had bought the church because this was exactly what we desired. Yeah, uh, well, I can certainly say it, it's, it's such a blessing because, yeah. um, like I said, that just the time 
you know, that we save now when we're producing, you know, uh, programs such as this and Creation Basics. And now we've got a large space where we've, we're doing all our feature videos and, you know, just to have you on and hopefully to assist you guys in getting some of your teaching mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So just so people who are listening kind of understand, you've got the church, but mm -hmm. this is a large property. So you've got Let's let's talk about Oxford Church yep. first. Mm -hmm. So obviously you're the you're the lead pastor here, um, and it's it's pretty new, right? Mm -hmm. Here in Ingersoll, how long have you been holding services now? Our first service was in uh, the first of August. Actually, oh, wow. it was just Sunday. Yeah, yeah, last year. So yeah. yeah, a little bit more than half a year. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's good. And so it's growing. You're seeing people uh, coming. As a new year church plant, there's always uh, people coming and going. Yeah. Uh, but the core is stable. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the people that are in the church, in the committee, are very engaged. And Active. I believe as a church planter also uh, from experience that if you have that core, yeah, uh, that's essential. Uh, and so that commitment, the convictions uh, we share, and yeah, that's being blessed. That's awesome. Uh, that's being blessed. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's uh, it, it's an amazing sanctuary. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to come down and and uh, you know come to service and just experience it because it's it, you know what was it eighteen sixty eight I think the the yeah. sanctuary was built. Yeah. So not a lot of these buildings left in Canada, and no. it's uh, it's great no. that you guys were able to yeah. to get get back in. I <laughs> what's really funny is I actually did a video about three years ago. And I, in the video, I was kind of lamenting the loss of many churches because yeah. that's, that's uh, you know, what's happening in Canada is many churches are shutting down mm -hmm. and stuff. And I used this as an example in my video because I said, hey, it's a church right down the street from me. When I arrived here in Ingersoll, it, there was a church. Now it's been, you know, it had been taken over. So when you guys got it, I was like, wow, what a blessing that the Lord is revitalizing and seeing, you know, mm -hmm. uh, uh, someone like yourself come and being at the helm of a, of a, a church this, this, that stands this, on the authority of the yeah, Lord God. You know? this, this strangely warms my heart uh, also because I, I believe that's uh, where we uh, also do should do ministry in, in um you know, villages, towns, mm -hmm. where the centre-ville in, in French has has been evacuated or is is now uh, oftentimes emptying out, right. including the churches. Or maybe it started with the churches. Uh, I don't know. Mm. But I really believe that the social architecture that was established in the past mm -hmm. with the church in the centre, right. oftentimes the school just beside it, mm -hmm. um, uh, maybe by the grace of God, can be recuperated mm. for uh, the towns and the villages uh, in Canada. Yeah. And that's exactly why uh, we also thought this is a, a great uh, place to yeah. do ministry. It's not always the easiest one. Right. Uh, it's a challenging one, mm -hmm. but uh, God is sovereign. Absolutely. So I encourage people, obviously, to come out and check out the service. And do you, you, you also do live broadcasts of the Yeah, of the it's always well? uh, streamed. Yeah, yeah that's streamed great. Streamed live, yeah. So that's Oxford Church. Yeah. And then you've got, of course, what, what you call Oxford Square. Yeah. So we're in the studio, mm. in part of Oxford Square now, and, and uh, we've got the, the media uh, center here. But then there are other aspects of Oxford yeah. Square, right? So, for example, yeah. I've been noticing the improvements you've been making at your banquet hall are just incredible. Mm. Yeah. Um, so obviously people can come here, they could, they could, 
perhaps have a wedding here at in your beautiful mm. sanctuary, and then mm. you've also got the banquet space. Right. Tell us about your plans for Oxford yeah. Square and what what your vision is for this entire project. Well, it goes back to what I said previously, Calvin, and that is that uh, from the beginning, of course, we we knew we had only a small group, mm-hmm. uh, and these were huge buildings, as you as you described them. Yeah. Um, and our prayer and desire was, okay, how can it be, this be used for, for the community? Right. And um, as we bought it, as we purchased uh, the building, um, uh, we began to think more concretely as to how that could materialize, mm-hmm. looking at the building itself. Now, yep. it needed uh, some renovation yep. uh, and so on. You as the first one to come in. Uh, yeah. Um, was like I said, a, a an encouragement for us. Right. But the buildings are thus that they can be used again for uh, purposes that uh, for purpose of the ministry towards the community. And like you said, we had a we have a parish hall, mm-hmm. um, which is called the parish hall, yeah. the old uh, church hall, yeah. and. Um, that we have been renovating from the start mm-hmm. to be able to rent it out for for weddings, uh, for Christian organizations, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, maybe for other purposes. We don't know yet. Right. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what we're working on. So uh, to come back to your question, that became too much. It was all under the church committee, right? Uh, Oxford <laughs> Church, and. Uh, that in and of itself is already a, a great ministry that, that mm-hmm. required a lot of attention. Yeah, for sure. So uh, we decided to have two entities. One is Oxford Church, right, and the other one was started with another committee, which was Oxford Square. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. it's it it would be overwhelming, um, and there's so many things going on here. It's just incredible. So it's probably a very wise way to do it. <laughs> Because yeah. you want to concentrate on obviously preaching and yes. teaching, yeah. and um, now you've also got some vision for doing some teaching involving video a- yes. and stuff like that, so that you can reach a lot of people. I mean, you know, we've been blessed. I mean, it's been a bit of a curse, obviously COVID, but it's there's mm. also you know the Lord will also use things for for good reasons, mm. and we've been able to reach people around the world with some of our video content. Yeah, so. I've obviously had chats with you and you've got some ideas about what you'd like to do there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, about teaching, training courses, what right. you'd like to see happen. Right. So we started as an evangelism, then it uh, turned into an official church plant. Mm-hmm. And what I have not said yet is that it is a church plant, an official church plant uh, within the Reformed Church of America, mm-hmm. RCA. And um, I have also become a pastor uh, in the RCA. Right. Um, and so within that context, that is the RCA, the Classes of Ontario, they were developing a learning center. And so when we applied, so to speak, uh, for for and to become a church plant within the RCA, yep. they came down. But they had known me already because I had been part of the RCA. Right. And... Um, to my surprise, they were not only interested in us becoming a church plant under the care of the RCA in the classes of Ontario, mm-hmm. but uh, to my surprise, they, they were there to recruit me, ah. uh, which was a kind of like, uh, uh, where does that come from? 
I know now where it comes from. <laughs> there are no accidents in the yeah. universe of God. Um, and with what purpose in mind and for what reason they were interested in recruiting me mm-hmm. was uh, because they had already had in mind to develop a learning center and they needed a dean mm. for English students. And since then, I've been talking to them, we've been in conversations together, right. and we have developed this learning center now, yeah. uh, programs, it's been approved right. by the church, and that's what we hope to uh, materialize right. and begin in the near future, yep. if not this month, next month. Right. So and, you'll be able to take your, your training uh, courses and actually, would you be doing stuff on site as well as video recording that people can, can access? Yeah, so the idea is that, and again, because I believe that uh, local ministry preaching, uh, and I really believe that I was called to 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 be more engaged in that, mm-hmm. um, should not be disconnected from teaching. Right. Um, and so the Lord provided that opportunity as well uh, yeah. as a kind of continuation of, of, of what I've been doing in, in, in Quebec. Um, and that was, um, yeah, again, a, a sign, a confirmation right. uh, from above. So what the idea uh, with the Learning Center is, is that if we can, and, and, and I think uh, this could be interesting in terms of a relationship between our two organizations, um, somehow develop a space within this facility mm-hmm. where we and I can start a, uh, you know, podcast uh, uh, series mm-hmm. or and primarily uh, to record courses. Right, that, teaching courses. Yep. Teaching courses that I will be giving within the learning center. Right. Um, that would be great. And if I can, uh, yeah, uh, and I think we've talked about this together already. Absolutely. One, uh, one of the visions we had yeah. for Answers in Genesis Canada is to not just, you know, produce, and obviously we, we've got a lot of content to produce, but to help bless other other Christian ministries that want to, you know, especially get gospel outreach and, mm. and training for Christians and things like that. Mm. We produced a whole series called Creation, Cross, and Culture mm. with, with Dr. Joe Boot, mm. um, and that was a fantastic series mm. just because, you know, he he's a, he's a biblical creationist. He's very much like you. He's a philosopher. He's mm. a theologian. He's a mm. debater, and uh, he had some great content, and mm. we approached him and said, hey, you know, we could help develop that for you, and there's an entire of course, your ministry is your your ministry, and you're called into that. So this is not my primarily uh, my primary uh, um, reason why I say this. Of it's, course, it's if if we could sh- yeah. uh, benefit from your expertise yeah, well, in absolutely. terms of yeah. uh, you know recording uh, yeah. uh, studio uh, formation of, of 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 young uh, adults. Yeah. Uh, that would be, uh, I think, a, a, yeah, we've a tremendous actually, blessing. We've actually been doing this as inviting, uh, you know, Christian young people who want to learn more about media, right. and we've had them involved. You know, they, they're not always available, you know, every time we come down, but they've been able to come down, mm. participate, learn more about it, develop skills in editing. So, yeah, we this is we're so excited about the Media Center. We yeah. just, you know, thank you and your team for uh, for blessing us and, yeah. and having us here. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, we, we just want to help as many ministries as we can. Yeah. Now, I did notice one thing when I actually looked up your bio, and it said that you'd 
been doing, uh, you'd traveled extensively mm-hmm. and I didn't, we, we'd never talked about that personally before. So I wanted to ask you about that. So you, it says you'd been teaching courses in Haiti, Serbia, Netherlands, uh, in, in French, English, and Dutch. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you speak a lot of different languages then. <laughs> I'm functional. <laughs> You're functional. You're much more functional than I am, brother. I, I can barely speak English sometimes. Um, in these different cultures, in these dif- different countries, what did you see as far as the doctrine of creation and you know how the church had been cultivating the, these different ideas? Had, did you notice differences in the way they had been approaching you know the, the Word of God, the authority of Scripture, and how that related to the whole Genesis issue? This is a huge question. Hmm. Um, our experience of doing ministry in Quebec for 18 years um has pressed upon me and us the importance of understanding uh, first of all different languages right <laughs> but also cultures and um the history of these these cultures we can have many presuppositions about certain peoples and their and their and their culture and their history yeah but when we enter into their um, domain, into their countries, and learn their languages, um, um, and absorb a part of the cultures, uh, oftentimes it's it's quite different. Mm. So that's one thing. I think we need to continually be sensitive. There's to, no cookie cutter no, method. You, no, you need to. No, yeah. You have to be there, and and that's how you uh, absorb it, and that's how you you'll be able to converse as well. Mm-hmm. Now, my teaching in Haiti amplified that. Right. Because Quebec, of course, is a French, uh, by and large, a French uh, province yep. within, within Canada. Speak French, so I had to learn French. Haiti is also French. But again, um, through a local church, which is called La Bible Parle, who had um, a, a great ministry and still has a great mission in uh, Haiti, uh, they asked me if I could come there and teach a course uh, in their college and right. preach on Sunday in the church and help in the local uh, mission, uh, do Bible studies every every morning. Right. And there again, you are confronted with a different culture, uh, a different way of understanding mm-hmm. uh, things. Um, even the language, of course, uh, is is already and again different. Yeah. So you again are forced to, uh, in a, in a positive way, to to try to understand it, to um, uh, absorb it, and and in that way uh, you can communicate uh, mm. better. Yeah. Um, so that, that's taught me many lessons. It has uh, broadened broadened uh, my own horizons. Yeah. Um, added to that. That my background is Dutch, um, so I still speak Dutch, and so when I would go back to Holland, I would I would preach there. Yeah, and again, culture, language. Then, from out of a mission in uh, Holland, they asked me to also teach uh, and preach in in Serbia. Right. Again, a wholly, totally different context. Yeah. Different history and so on. So to make a, a long story short, because this is a long. Uh, 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 answer maybe becoming too long is that I've learned 
to um, be sensitive to all of this and uh, and so to be able to translate the same truths of Scripture and mm-hmm. of, of, of Christian uh, faith and, and, and living uh, into this language and this culture mm-hmm. um, so that we can communicate it. Yeah. And I often contrast that, Calvin, with um, it's not a mere and should not be a mere transplantation. That is that you have been used to this in that particular culture and as if you can just transplant that. Yeah, that cookie-cutter approach, yeah. it just doesn't work. Yeah, right? need, there, needs to, there is a translation there right. that needs to occur. Mm-hmm. The other extreme, of course, is transformation. Mm. That when, when, when you let the culture and the context dictate uh, you know, the fundamental truths and the principles of faith and, and, and right. living. And that's, of course, the other extreme. So that's a fine uh, line. So obviously you've got to, you know, learn about the culture, learn about their background, their history, all that kind of stuff. How did you find the Genesis issue varied from culture to culture? Yeah, Yeah. thanks for reminding me uh, of that question. Sometimes I found coming into these cultures that these particular languages and cultures uh, rooted in their own particular history were closer to what we find in Scripture then where we have gone in the West. <laughs> and that was the irony. It was a humbling experience that we are sometimes so high-minded, Calvin, as Westerners, that now we're coming there to teach them the truth. But let me tell you, they had to teach me and taught me a lot of things. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, nature, in terms of the importance, and we could name a lot of things, but in, in terms of the centrality of family mm-hmm. that, we ha- that has evaporated in the West uh, often and completely in, in many quarters. Like biblical truths, yeah. like male and female, yeah. there is a creator God, yeah. there's an order to the yeah. universe, there's you know yeah. right and wrong and law and law coming from God, like yeah. those basic truths, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, like... Uh, and again, we could talk a long time about this, but the book of Ruth, what the patriarchs and, and what, um, you know, that book uh, tells us um, uh, about a redeemer, mm-hmm. about sitting in the, in the, in the gate, uh, judging, um, and so on and so forth. I've learned that in some of the cultures that we can visit in, in Africa, this is still alive and well. Right. And so when they read the book of Ruth, that translation does not need to occur. Hmm. Uh, it's very relatable for them. Very relatable. Yeah. Now, of course, it's, it's spiritual, ultimately. It's, hmm. it's Christ that's at the center, and so that's what it is for. But these kinds of things, I think, um, uh, I've had to learn over time and right. be sensitive to. Well, this is amazing, brother. Uh, appreciate your time, and, and we'll hopefully have you back again soon. But for those people who are listening and they're like, oh, I want to know more about Oxford Church. I want to know more about Oxford Square. Perhaps they want to know about, about the teaching that you're going to be able to provide. Um, perhaps you can just give us a bit of summary on how to get a contact with you or, or um, the people who are running Oxford Square or um, perhaps the denomination and how they could get right. a hold of the training as well. Right. 
if if I may, just a, a, a little follow up, sure, yeah, so that it's not misunderstood, yeah, in terms of the the translating part. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I've had to learn and uh, that. There's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> the gospel remains the same. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And the ultimate criterion and criteria remains the infallible word of God. Mm-hmm. And to be redeemed is um, uh, by way of repentance and faith in the only and complete Savior, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Amen. And that remains and is universal. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why God calls us into these different contexts. Absolutely. Ultimately. But to answer your question, yeah. uh, more specifically, yes, we have a, and I, ha- I always forget it, we have a website, and if you don't mind, it's oxfordchurch.ca. Oxfordchurch.ca. Yeah, yeah pretty Oxfordchurch.ca, simple. Yeah. And you can see the different... Uh, uh, you know ministries yeah. outlines and if anybody yeah. wants to get in contact with you they could find contact yeah. information at Oxford, oxfordsquare.ca yeah. and if you go to locations and uh, ministry or something like that you can find live, live streaming past sermons and so on that's awesome yeah. okay thanks so much brother we'll have you again thank you very much God bless you